0: Performance Plus presents the Summit Club podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders, with your host,
1: Bill Stats. Hi, and welcome to the Summit Club at Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Bill Stats, and I'm with our Summit Club team, Rick Feinblatt. Hi, Rick. Good morning, William. And John Thane. Hi, JT. Hey, good morning, all. And John Navicus. Hi, John.
2: Hey, hey, how's everybody?
1: As we normally do, uh, we're going to have a topic today for conversation around a business subject, and that involves a guest, uh, Steve Weissel, who's a regional sales manager for TVP Converting, and he's going to talk to us a little bit today about how he's been able to help develop and grow what we'll say are the millennials and maybe Generation Z uh, sales talent and his organization so not an easy task at all and Steve's been really successful at it so with that being said uh, I've worked with uh, Steve's company over a number of years more than I can really remember but a lot and I've seen a lot of really good results from uh, Steve's role in helping new salespeople get traction and developing a good sales career When I talked to Steve a few weeks ago about how he looked at the challenge of developing these young folks, it was like we were both talking around the same topic, which is a millennial's guide for going to the gym and learning and growing, establishing ways to get smarter for more impact. So with that being said, I think I'll just step off and we'll start talking with Steve, and then we'll rotate the conversation through with the other members of the Summit Club team. I think one of the keys that Steve has, and again, it's from talking to some of the salespeople, men and women, he has some really almost clairvoyant uh, understanding of how these folks operate and how they learn or don't learn, uh, the way they take to mentoring, coaching, And it's pretty dramatic, the difference when Steve gets an assignment to work with one of these newer salespeople. Um, So, Steve, why don't don't you just talk to us a little bit about the structure that you kind of either try to put in place or that you inherit from one of these new younger salespeople and how you deal with it? Yeah, thank you, uh,
0: Bill. Basically, when it comes to a lot of these millennials and being one of them, being born right in the middle of that time frame, you know, I seem to have like a pretty good understanding of what it takes essentially to help build the structure that they're looking for, which includes trying to have a map in place as to what their goals are, understanding what it is they're looking to accomplish and really giving them the, you know, the roadmap that helps get them there. I think a big portion of it is you need to give them feedback along the way. And let them know what the time frame is for their task, too. A lot of people, I feel like, especially with the younger generation coming into the workforce, you know, they're not taught in college, essentially, what it's like to be a business professional. So I think it's really important, especially in the early goings, that you kind of set structure for them and help them take those first steps. Obviously, the first step often is the artist. So I think it's really important to try to understand how to give them that structure that will make them successful.
1: Do you find that, whether it's a guy like, we'll just call him Michael P., do, do you find that they don't have the cattle chutes or the, or the guardrails or whatever? I mean, when you sit down with them, obviously it's, you've already had an awareness of them. You know who they are in the organization. But what, what's the first thing you kind of are looking to define or that you're aware of when, when you got to start putting this program together to help them?
0: I mean, really, it all starts out with finding out what their strengths are, finding out where they need support and really just building out from there. You know, I I think the other side of the two is, Bill, you and I have talked about it before. That it's e- it's really easy to relate to you know how they started doing things in college, how they studied, how they went about their business, and kind of taking those same sort of that same sort of structure and applying it to the workspace. So, for instance, in, in business school at Westchester, we did a lot of SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. So trying to find a company's strengths, weaknesses, uh, opportunities and threats, you know, that's one of the areas that we have kind of incorporated that learning style into the onboarding process for our new hires as far as how they teach themselves and utilize the resources that are available. What we really try to do is, you know, not build a culture of coming to me for anything and everything. Biggest thing that these, these colleges do allow the kids to take away is kind of how to find things. That's one of the strengths of this millennial, Gen Z demographic is, you know, they're very good. They grew up on computers. So kind of giving them a the structure of what we're looking for and letting them loose has been really successful.
3: Hey Steve, this is JT. And, and that brings me to a question I has, you know, have as it relates to this subject. Obviously, you know, they learned a certain way in in college and we're not sure quite often how that translates to the business world. What resources do you have? You know, you mentioned, you know, working with people on SWOT analysis and so forth, but what resources do you incorporate to build the guardrails as Bill called them, to get them on the right career path and have them achieve the goals that you're looking for them to achieve as a sales manager,
0: so a lot of the resources that we have, uh, being that we are, are in the manufacturing space, supplying raw materials, is we have access to, for example, 3M as a partner of ours. We have access to their full uh, website worth of. Um, resources. So on there, there'd be things like videos, uh, different types of content. Uh, we also utilize things like YouTube, a lot of the different types of platforms, if you will, that kind of relate to the younger people. A lot of people, and the, they, they seem to learn a lot better by seeing things. They're not very much a book-oriented group. So anytime we can send them a video to show them where our products are used, it's, it's often successful. And then you build out from there. So, hopefully, that answers your question, JK.: well,
3: If I interpret that correctly, I, I, it sounds to me like you have to adjust or change maybe some of their learning habits to adapt to what you're trying to accomplish
0: yeah absolutely i mean you know not all of them kind of learn the same way so you know we're very cognizant of kind of making an individualistic program based on each each person's requirements and then really we just promote in our organization open communication across of our team a lot of the leaders within our organization actually will partake in, in just open dialogue kind of just to really let you know a lot of the younger kids understand that we encourage them to ask questions to be a part of the conversation, because far too many of them, it seems like, are, are embarrassed. Sometimes to, to put themselves out there and ask questions, they think far too often, should I have known this already? Did I miss this somewhere along the way? Encourage them to bring forward any question that's that's relative and uh, anything you need to know.
2: Steve, is there any way in your organization where you have all these opportunities for them to learn to follow up with your employees to make sure that they are learning it or that they're getting it as this information is getting dished out? Or does it just all come down to when their review kicks in and they're just not up to par yet? Is there any checks and balances to uh, accommodate that learning?
0: Great question. So what, what we've actually put in place is having mentors. So when someone is now onboarding within our company, we, we have a direct mentor that kind of overshadows them. We have a checklist in place, letting them know what goals and and achievements and and growth is is looking to be uh, brought on within thirty days, ninety days, uh, and then intermediate and long term goals. And then the mentor basically acts as the person's go to resource in in the early goings. And then to to your question, John, kind of we do uh, performance appraisals throughout the process. So. Typically, at TB Philly, we do uh, performance appraisals quarterly, and we feel that that kind of gives them good understanding of where they're at.
1: If I can just interject a couple things uh, that I think might give you a little bit more traction around the conversation with Steve. Um, one of the things is the company, and in particular Steve, doesn't suggest They demand that these folks talk to other salespeople. They demand it. And I think whether it's Rick or any of the the Johns, if they were to ask Steve, so let's pretend you have one of these surrogates under you, a mentee, if you will. How often do you talk to them? And you'll be surprised to know how frequently that happens. The other thing, and it's not a critical thing. It's a suggestion. It's a feedback loop. The other thing is they talk to other sales reps now. And in particular, a couple of the sales reps, younger millennials on top of their game. JT, one of them is Jess Baum that you had coffee with. Steve, I had suggested over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, as a networking asset that Jess have coffee with JT. And after they had coffee, he called me and said, wow, what a gal. What a kid!" So the only thing I'm throwing out to you guys is that dynamic goes on on a regular basis between someone like Jess and one of these newer reps that Steve is coaching. Not, but I think you ought to explore that with him and just see, JT, to your point, how do you measure as we're going along that, that they're learning and growing? Or for JNav, who's got a couple millennials, might give you some, some thoughts about how you could integrate that stuff into your business. Hey, Steve, it's
4: uh, it's Rick. So maybe uh, following up on that a little bit, um, do you find it hard with older salespeople who aren't millennials and, and, you know, Gen Zs? Look, they've been brought up differently. Their work habits are a little bit different than millennials. Uh, Not necessarily better, but different. Do you find it challenging getting them to accept this younger generation and working with them?
0: Uh, At least within our organization, we are a very young group. So me at 33, kind of right in the middle of the pack, and then we have a couple of teammates that are on the older scale of things. But they've actually been very welcoming. And I think the integration of the old style, if you will, and the new style of things can really be, be good and instrumental. So a lot of the, the new platform is all electronic. It's all putting all of your notes and all of your daily tasks in through a calendar. I'm still old, sc- you know, old school to some end. Bill knows. I still maintain a, d- a day timer. And this is something that Franklin Covey day timer. And this is something that you know, was kind of ingrained in me. And I still believe heavily in writing things down just having a daily task list of the things that I want to do and kind of how I prioritize things. And then, you know, a lot of our older team and even our younger team do incorporate this as well. To your question, kind of having that that integration of, of the old school habits then built into technology later down the road can really make you a better well-rounded person, Rick.
2: So Steve, I have a question for you. When you have recruits that are fresh out of college or maybe one or two years out of college, and then they're coming over to you. How do you start to groom them from the this is not college anymore mentality? We're in the real world. How do you get them to become more professional in the grand scheme of things of you're not talking to a professor anymore that's 10 years older than you? You're talking to a client now. It's a different set of rules. How do you prime them for that?
0: So for within our organization, you know, part of it goes back to that mentorship and the early goings, having them sit with someone that's done it, showing them the road path, showing them kind of how to carry themselves. I'm a a big believer in that kind of when you step inside those lines that everybody's watching. Just really try to explain to them that especially in the early goings of your career, if you can make the right steps in those early years, you can really take big strides. So some of the things we do is we have them. Continue their reading, continue their learning uh, outside of work uh, through books, podcasts, connecting with people. So finding different ways to um, work on their craft when they're not actually at work.
1: One of the other things, Jane, that Steve could talk about is they do a lot of ride with not just the, the VP of sales, Sean, but Steve and other reps They've really embraced the idea of joint sales calls between a just Baum going out with a newer rep, and so you know it's it's more like that modeling of uh, behavior and mentoring. The first step is show people what the appropriate thing is. The way you do that was is, is you take them with you, or you go with them and you show them, and then the second part is coaching, and Steve's really good at that. And then the third part is requiring, and Steve and I have both been in situations with people that you gotta do it this way, and they can't do it this way, so it's time to move on. To me, it all comes down to three things, and why Steve is so effective at this. Discipline, respect, and trust. He's incredibly uh, forceful about disciplining these folks to the point where a new sales rep who goes to Texas and rides with a, newer, a new sales rep, but more tenure than him, comes back with a copy of his notes that came from Steve saying, if you want to do your best work, this is the stuff you got to do every day. <laughs> and so this new guy is going, wow. And for me, it's like, well, has Steve shown his daily work plan? And it's crickets. Or has Donnie showed you his daily work plan? And that's the culture that these guys now play in. And Steve orchestrates that process. Hey, Steve. It's, uh, it's Rick, again, I have a question for
4: you. Did you pay Bill money to say nice things about you? <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: I don't know. He's a I don't good guy. What...
1: <laughs> he's a good guy and he's a, a new father. So, he, Rick, he's oh. got a lot of adversity at home. Yeah, I don't I'm know if curious. he's sleeping yet or not. Hey, Stephen, yeah. another, another question for you. So
4: I've, I've seen uh, a number of studies that talk about millennials coming into the workforce and that things that are important to them uh, are, are not necessarily the same things that were important to the folks that preceded them. Uh, yeah, money's important, but flexibility, things like that are also important to them. So since you're one of them, uh, give us an idea of the things that you know are important to you that a, a potential employer... To keep in mind uh when hiring someone like you
0: i mean i think the things that are most important you know a lot of the studies to your point rick talk about you know work-life balance think like again everybody's kind of individual there's a lot of people out there that really want to make a lot of money and that's their big driving force Uh, then there's other people that want to have that flexibility tabbing off every other friday during the summer and then there's people that want titles, they want positions, they want, you know, the ability to not have a glass ceiling. For, for me personally, it's the ability to grow, to take on new roles, to find my success and kind of carve my path out within the organization. Um, and I'm fortunate, you know, at TDP I've had the opportunity to do that. The, the compensation is, is great, but it's the ability to really find my own way do things that are of interest to me that kind of afford me personally the ability to do the things that I want to outside of the workplace.
2: Steve, I have a a couple millennial questions as a business owner myself that have a few younger employees, many friends and associates that also are either managers that are higher up or business owners themselves. Sooner or later when we're all, this is before the, the COVID hit and we're all hanging out together. Somehow it always comes up. Now I'm not out to uh, trash a whole generation by any stretch, but let's face it: there are reasons. There's the stereotype of the millennial. So here's one of the questions that I keep getting, and my colleagues always keep asking. So when you have somebody that's that's hired, they feel that their ramp. This is going back to your your point with the whole ceiling or the lack of a ceiling when you when you get started yourself. Many of the millennials people that I'm hearing about from my companions, they're mentioning that. These people just got a job, and they're wondering why they're not a manager one year later. I don't know if you've experienced that yourself or for some other people that you've heard from, but it, it seems that there's there's a percentage in this group that there's they expect that the the curve to advance to be more forty five degree angle. They're expecting it to be more of like a, a ninety degree angle, and every week they're supposed to get a new title and, and keep growing and growing, but going up the ladder much quicker than real life dictates.
0: They, myself, we we grew up in kind of that instant gratification world, you know, having computers, having technology at our fingertips. The Amazon, you know, model of uh, I want it now is very much translated to our expectations personally and then also within the workplace. So I think it's important, at least within TB Philly, what we do, it's kind of let these guys know very early on what their paths are. We, we encourage them to, to play at the highest level. I tell my team all the time that if, if you're playing at your best, you should be playing for your boss's job, but also understanding at the same time that it takes, it takes time to get there. Um, so tempering their expectations, but also keeping their eye on the prize of understanding that, you know, you're not going to be stuck in this role forever. Here's where you're going to be, you know, in this amount of time and, you know, holding them accountable to it to making sure that they get there. So it's not limiting and keeping them tied down to the same type of work for a short period, but it's, it's just letting them know what the stepping stones are along the way to getting to where they wanna go.
2: That's great. Um, one more question for you. I won't make this a session just on uh, millennials. In, in, in many situations, my colleagues are mentioning that the whole idea of when they come on board and there's that pay your dues phase, that they don't realize even though it's an old school term, you still have to pay your dues. You have to earn your place at the table. But when they start paying their dues, they feel that that's justification for a giant reward as opposed to, no, you, you really just earned your place here is what you just did. So ha- have you had any experiences with that? And how, how do you handle those situations when you see that?
0: I have seen it within this generation. It's very much pay me and then I'll do the work.
2: Right.
1: When I hear people talk about the frustration with new people thinking they don't should own the boss, right? It's, it's a, it's a leadership failure. They don't want to hear that. The, the book that I've talked to you guys about off and on called leadership and self-deception. I was doing a program with Crayola and we used that with leaders and they were really upset and they were upset because this Arbinger Institute that wrote the book is a whole collection of brainiacs from uh, the Ivy league tower. And they basically said, leaders have to take responsibility for everything. Everything is your fault. It's the only way you're ever going to get better. And so if you have millennials that are frustrated that they're not driving the bus, it's like, I did a really lousy job of orienting and setting the ground rules. Rick could talk with anecdotes. Rick, how many times have you or me said, sales is hard? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know it down pat. It's like, do you have any idea how hard this job is? Do you idiot? No, it, it's true. And it's, it,
4: it's, it's not for everybody. And, you know, over time, I, the best salespeople I've ever worked with, not all of them, but a lot of them make horrible managers. So I, I think, as you said, Bill, it's incumbent upon, you know, the company that you're working for to, to stay in touch with these people try it, and, and check in not once in a while, a lot to find out how they're doing, what their goals are, where they think they want to want to end up and coaching them. And you know what, if, if where they want to end up isn't the best place for them, there's another place for them within mm. your company, I, I would think, where they could end up. So, you know, being in contact and being honest with them and helping them grow is
3: is a manager's job, mm-hmm. whether you're a millennial or not. There was a point, this is JT again, there was a point I wanted to bring back, to bring up way, way uh, back to the beginning of this podcast. And, you know, we've talked about some of the challenges and the differences between Uh, Millennials and Gen Z's and so forth, and integrating them into the workforce. We know what, you know, we've heard about the challenges, but you know, Steve, you were great to point out that there's a lot of positives to different ways of learning much more electronically and digitally focused than old guys like, I'll, I'll just say me. And yet the points you brought up about instant gratification and so forth, I think one of the big challenges you may have is how do you, you know, Get that person engaged, you talked about that, but how important is it to make sure that that person's self-esteem is highlighted during the process of onboarding and setting up the the milestones and so forth to get them on board? Is there a way that you keep their self-esteem at a, at a high level to allow them to reach those milestones?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great question so bill knows i'm a big advocate i read in a book called power of moments that in onboarding there are moments that you can really take advantage of to you know keep people self-esteem at a very high level and that starts with the day that they come on board they they reference it in this book about how one's first day kind of starts out the same you come in the receptionist doesn't know you you shuffle to a desk uh everyone's first day some organizations everyone's had that bad first day in this book it kind of sets the tone that the first day should be, you know, amazing. You know, the receptionist should know who you are. They should be waiting for you. can really set the tone then. That'll help you down the line. And then it's also having involvement with your colleagues, you know, outside of work. Having that mentor in place, you know, all those things really go, you know, a mile.
3: Great. So it starts from day one. You know, that's that's a great onboarding process. Probably explains why Bill speaks so highly of you and
1: your, your, your company and how well you've done it. Well, I think one of the things is just even a casual observer, if you traveled with a rep, either one of Steve's contemporaries or Steve, which I have out in Long Island, you're not selling from a catalog. You know, in Rick, our world, you weren't, you're not selling from a rate card. <laughs> you, better, you better really understand you know, as a, pop. quote, consultant how, how this thing works. So you're going to look like a fool. And I think it starts from day one to the conversation Rick and I just had where you say to a salesperson, this is hard. If you think, yeah, I can't wait to make 100 grand and wow, is gonna be great. Well, just rethink that a little bit, it's gonna be hard. And then build into that, you gotta learn, you gotta know a lot of stuff. You're not just going in there saying, hey, step right up, here's one, how many would you like? It's like, wrong. And that's, I think, where Steve really excels because he jumps right into that train, JT, where he's saying, Remember the conversations so and so, so and so, and so and so had about how hard this job is. That's what I'm here to help you with. <laughs> you know? So let's get to it.
4: Yeah, I think I think it's important. To, uh, you know, all new salespeople. I don't I don't care how good they're eventually going to be when they start. They fail more than they succeed. And somebody like Steve being there, letting them know that when you start, it's okay. It's okay. But you know, if you if you practice what. Uh, you know, you're told and, and you work hard. Um, there is a path to success.
1: Hey Steve, just spend a moment. Tell them about Kirsten a little bit. I mean, cause she's another, another, uh, really success story of yours. Right. So Kirsten was a
0: girl that came on, uh, started working with us about two years ago. She was a engineering grad from, uh, I think temple,
2: but the girl came
0: in, you know, she, she came in and, uh, She was a hard worker right out of the gates and and she wanted to do all the right things. So we kind of just set her on the right path to Bill's point earlier about disciplines. You know, randomly I told her in the car one day, I said, Kirsten, you'll be successful in this company. If you try three, if you do three things, if you care, you try and you're organized. And from that point on, you know, it stuck with her. It was kind of just a a, a weird little thing I I said in, in passing and then, that kind of became our our thing. And it's something that I've since taken to subsequent reps, just those three little disciplines of trying to keep, you know, some structure, some high level structure um, in the back of your mind. And and really the success with her, uh, she already was organized and uh, she did, you know, she did care. So it was really the trying part. She was willing to put the time and efforts in after hours all I had to do was just kind of show her where all the gold was buried, and point her in the right direction. She's worked for it ever since.
1: She's one of, It's funny too, JT. You'll you'll like the story from the standpoint of you're a retail guy. Imagine if you're interviewing someone and you say to them, "So tell me what you're doing." Well, uh, my mom owns this company, and we do perfume and whatever sales in Macy's or Nordstrom or whatever. And it's like you do what? She said, yeah, we're the ones that have the samples and stuff. And I said, this is a no-brainer. Can you imagine shaking hands with strangers all day trying to get them to spend a lot of money on perfume? It's like, home run. All we got to do now is to take the perfume away and give her double-sided tape and whatever. She has no fear. No fear at all. we uh, well talk about, you know, starting
3: on second base. <laughs> That's a great beginning, I have to tell you, Steve, I love care, try, organize. That is a great takeaway from our discussion today.
1: You know, for Steve as a coach, let me just think about it. It it could be basketball. It could be baseball. It could be anything. But If you say to somebody that's willing to learn, here are the three things that I want you to focus on. I want you to care about what you're doing and who you're doing it to. I want you to try, you know, it's, you, you gotta get, stuff done by taking action and you got to stay organized (laughs) you can't be uh your car can't look like a pigeon cage you gotta yeah whether you gotta write it down whatever i think it pretty much says a lot about why he's so successful in uh developing and growing young people so uh steve uh do you have any final comments before we uh cut you loose to that role of working Working with all these young sales reps?
0: No, just that I appreciate you guys letting me hop on with you here today. Thought it was a good discussion and
1: wish you all the best with your millennials and your Gen Zs out there. <laughs> so keep in, keep in mind, folks, there's going to be a white paper up on the website and you can go to summitclubpodcast.com. And uh, this interview will be up on the website. There will be a downloadable document. We'll work with Steve. Number one, we'll get contact info. For anybody out there that's listening that want to circle up with Steve and uh, maybe have a little bit more conversation or know how to do business with Steve, it'll be up there on the website, as well as a few of these keys that Steve will define so you can download it. So if you're listening to this in your car or whatever else you're doing on the move, You don't have to worry about taking a lot of notes. All you have to remember is go up on the website, check the episode, download the document. So thanks for listening today. Don't forget, check out summitclubpodcast.com for the other episodes covering a variety of business issues and ideas book reviews. Uh, Keep in mind that uh, Summit Club uh, Business Roundtable provides all kinds of consulting services, Uh, training, business meeting preparation and presentations, marketing resources, web design, coaching and team training. Uh, We can come to you or you can come to virtually us in beautiful downtown Plymouth Meeting PA if you like what you've heard. Tell somebody. A friend, associate or a boss. So for myself, for Rick, for JT, for John and for our guest Steve Peisle, here's your climb to the summit.
0: To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. The Summit Club podcast is recorded and produced by Inertia Marketing and Design, a full-service marketing, digital, and graphic communications agency. You can find them at www.inertia.marketing.
1: Thanks for listening to the Summit Club podcast, and we'll see you at the top.